0: brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to SoftWeb. Special ops news and information
1: straight from the experts. And now here are your hosts, Brandon Webb, Jack Murphy and the rest of the boys at Software. All right. So joining us In studio on SoftRep Radio, and I should, of course, say SoftRep.com, on time, on target, is the Odyssean. The one, the only. The one, the only. And as anyone who reads the site already knows, the Odyssean is, (laughs) watching you try to sip a coffee, is a very secretive guy. So, you know, he. you really, I mean, we've been here for hurricane groups, uh, two, three days of, of company meetings. And not once would this guy take off the mask. I mean, we're sitting in a boardroom. We're coming up with ideas for the company, uh, some of which I'll get into. But uh, a part of me was like, come on, T.O., you, you got to take <laughs> off the mask at some point. You just you just kept saying, no, I can't, no, I can't reveal my it's layers, identity. Dude.
0: It's layers. I'm like a parfait or an onion or an ogre, I guess. I've got layers. So is this what you wear all the time? I mean, when I'm around people that don't know anything about... I guess the other compartments I've got in life, no, hell no, I don't wear this thing all the time.
1: But what about me? I mean, you, you slept over my house. I did, it's, I did, and I, I'm it, going to tell midnight, you. It's midnight, I walk by you, and, and you're like, bro, can't take off the mask.
0: It, you know, and it's it's New York, so of course I had to eat pizza, and I don't know if you guys can see the pizza stains on the side of this thing, but uh, it was a little hard getting the pizza work through there. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, I, I think the secrecy thing, obviously, this is a very pragmatic deal, you know, like I, I uh, of course. I have, I have the layers there for a reason, but at the same time, it's just, I'll be honest, it's fun as hell. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you guys are all my friends and, uh, it's, it's fun and it's funny. Um, so <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, you know, cause this, this whole time, man, it's like, how do I get on it? Cause I've always called in for any of you guys that have ever heard any of my other podcasts or the radio stuff, I've always called in. I've never been in the studio. So, uh. It was, uh, I've been struggling for a a really long time on how we could work that out, especially because I was going to be here for the meeting. And uh, so I wanted to be in the studio. I wanted to check everything out and, uh, you know, see how this this end of the company worked. And and so I, I legit just, we got the mask. Yeah. I mean, I got the mask and I put it on. And, you know, that, I mean, like I said, it's kind of a joke. It protects me a little bit. But, you know, it also protects Ian because... He, he would be... Well, I feel like you're going to do a, a wrestling move on me <laughs> at any move, moment. you know, I'm on this side of the table. There's a lot of technological equipment between us, but... Uh, so yeah.
1: there's a lot of news going on with the website at large, the company at large, um, and SoftRep Radio. I have a, uh, some big announcements for SoftRep Radio since this was our um, yearly company meeting, and we met with everyone at Hurricane Group, and the great thing about this company is, you know, you sit around... The uh, boardroom, and if you have a good suggestion, Brandon um, will will definitely look into it. Or, or you know, our our chief uh, executive officer and, and COO, uh, they, they they don't um, dismiss any good ideas. So I have a lot to say about what's going on with the podcast, but I don't know if you want to get into your higher position now and and where you see the website going in. Just a few months, 2018, which is crazy to think.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess it's, it's, it's not really open. It's not closed knowledge, It's not a secret or anything. But uh, recently I became the, uh, the managing editor um, for soft rep, like the, for, the, for the, the print media into that. Uh, obviously, Ian and I work a little closer now that I've got that position. And uh, uh, Scott and Mark and the guys over at the loadout room and uh, uh, the arms guide, we all work pretty closely together now. and uh also also steve over at specialoperations.com and uh doug over at fighter sweep so um so i've had a, a fucking almost infinite increase in uh my workload with the overall company uh and i came on at a time where there was really just a lot of uh crazy shit going on and um uh i had big shoes to fill in this position anyway as it was but uh so, yeah, I'm the, um, the managing editor now. I'm still going to do some writing occasionally uh, when I get a chance. And um, so that's why I'm actually in New York City now, to be at this meeting, because I have uh, you know kind of like a sub-executive position now. So Not have, to
1: mention certain important man getting married oh, who, yes, who happens yes, to be watching. Yes,
0: I saw that. Um, and, uh, yeah, absolutely, that that too. And, you know, I've been involved with SoftRap uh, since 2013. Not like first in the door, but, you know, second, third anyway. And... Um, so being able to to increase my level of responsibility and my ability to be involved with the company at an you know an increased level uh is awesome um and so coming up here if this is the first time aside from a couple of shot shows this is really the only time I've been able to be around everybody and and at this point it's not just shot show and like you know tons of of, of glad handing and parting and stuff like that it's like it's business shit you know like we've got to really get down to the brass tacks and uh Go over the last year So when you Get down you know, the brass like tacks While, while you have the, the Lucha Libre while mask While I'm in my wrestling mask And uh Or as somebody said My Gimp mask It's exactly what yeah. I thought When I put it on man Um So uh The uh <laughs> There is actually <laughs> coffee in here Um So um yeah, so being here for that and kind of going over the the shit that's happened in the last year and 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 getting to know all the other nuts and bolts of the rest of the the overall endeavor uh, has been really really awesome um, and I hope I can continue to apply or be applicable I guess to what I do as the managing editor, um, but yeah I mean I think that the the meeting was. Uh, Super positive, you know. I mean, getting some ground truth shit about the other guys in the company and the other elements of the company, getting into the nuts and bolts of like the admin shit and the executive stuff and all the techie stuff that I just don't ever get to see, is uh, is really really cool. I just have to translate that into like you know Joe speak for the for the dudes um, at the site now and um, the next year. You know, between now and 2018, and then 2018. I mean, there's there's nothing but. But I think cool shit that's going to happen. You know, I mean, there's uh, the shit happening at the meeting, the stuff we went over, and everything was uh, was all really stellar. From from the shit you're doing Ian, to, like the shit we're doing over at Soft Rep and uh, and like uh, Soft Rep TV and all that stuff. There's there's all kinds of uh, yeah, all kinds of shit going on, which is cool. Um, I, I guess I should be staring at these questions. Oh Cause... yeah, if you have specific questions. No, I'll I get mean into you know, the... Happy Friday. to you do, Jennifer? By the way, <laughs> um, I,
1: I am. You know, it is funny because we're having very serious conversations yeah, yeah. while you have the Lucha Libre mask on. But yeah, I, I love it. I
0: unfortunately, love it. I'm not nearly buff enough to be wearing a Bane mask. I'm like a buck oh, fifty. I that. Yeah, I'm like a buck fifty if I'm holding bricks in my pocket. So, um, I'm just pulling up one other thing that I know I forgot to print here. <laughs> but anyway,
1: I should get into the actual specifics of the yeah, podcast because yeah, yeah. this is what the audience really cares about. Um, the people you know of course they care about the website as well but the people who check out this podcast regularly um so we came to a decision that the podcast is going to be back to being free which i think is really cool and we're still going to do two shows a week we're going to bring on different advertisers um so what i would suggest if you already subscribe to just the podcast you might want to upgrade to a team room membership so you can get all the great articles that these guys are writing um, and and get everything that's up to date. But if you, you know, if you do cancel and all that and you run into any issues, as always, I check all the emails sent to softrep.radio at softrep.com. And luckily now we have a huge team here at Hurricane Group that could handle any customer service inqu- inquiries or any of that. So if you run into any issues, uh, it's softrep.radio at softrep.com uh but i'm really excited to be doing this because i like when we're broadcasting to a huge audience and being able to do this twice a week where you'll be able to get the show on apple podcasts um on uh soundcloud or anywhere else um google play the day after we record i think is just really cool and uh It was confusing for me for a while, too, and it was kind of something we were testing out, but when we'd have a big guest on and talking to publicists and stuff, and they would ask, you know, where can we hear the podcast? We want to get it out there. It was kind of confusing, saying, like, well, we have it up for members this week. It'll be up for the public the week after. So now this eliminates all of that. Um, So all that I could ask of you guys that were now doing this, um, doing the podcast itself for no um, added... Uh, revenue and that we 're really using this to advertise our brand that bring on great guests uh, if you want to go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review that type of stuff really helps us out so i would, I would really appreciate if whether you 're listening to the podcast or watching us. Go on that Apple Podcasts app. Leave a five-star review. It means a lot. (laughs) Uh, We want to continue our um, social media presence. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Sofra Radio. (laughs) Someone must be saying something interesting. Yeah, Uh,
0: yeah. BK's telling me that the T-shirt under my collared shirt is a (laughs) (laughs) no-go. Which shirt do you want me to take off, BK? (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right. So with that, um, and, and hopefully this is some you know, good news for a lot of you guys, um, I'm certainly happy about it. I'm excited that in 2018 we're going to be hitting a bigger audience than ever before. Um, but we're going to get into some serious topics. You have a great Fukushima story involving Go Bags, which kind of ties yeah. into Crate yeah, Club. Yeah. But before then, you and I connected on a level with music when we first met yeah, that I thought yeah, was yeah. just excellent. Um, you told me you came on board with the website around the time I got Mark Slaughter on Software Up Radio. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's a pretty, like, uh, I, I guess smaller demographic that that would appeal to. So it was cool that you were one of them. And over the past couple of days, you were saying to me that music is extremely important
0: to the operator, to someone who works in the military. And, yeah. and I'd love <laughs> for you to expand on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh, I, I know that Drew Dwyer did an article about uh music. Uh I think Desiree did an article or, or plugged something in about music and uh you know, being deployed or whatever and, and I know I did one a while back that was probably a, certainly more nerdily in depth uh than it probably could have been. But you know, over the years, um whether I'm I was doing anything for the military or just the fucking decade I spent being alone uh in Japan, I mean not I wasn't alone all the time, but uh music ended up being just a super fucking applicable outlet for for me uh you know in the article i wrote i i referenced that there are certain songs i would put on to get uh, i guess mentally prepped for certain things but just fucking in general i mean ian and i were talking about our cd collections and shit like that and uh um i think that music is uh is amazing i, I told a personal story at the uh at the the meeting that uh, also involved music and uh you know i mean i, I think anybody that's that's ever served um you know understands this i mean i suspect everyone i've ever talked to does they get it you know and and i think the first thing i ever said to ian was uh was that shot show a few years ago it was my first shot show and i think the very first thing i said to him was referencing our similarities in music yeah and um uh you know i mean i told him this morning on the train i said you know in in my opinion and i was getting a lot of stares with the fucking mask on the train but whatever um you know i think the uh the the importance of of music is what I what I said. So I don't speak for the company or the Department of Defense or United States Military, but I think the importance music is is probably of, of equal importance to porn. Uh, <laughs> to a to a guy who's uh, who's anywhere outside, uh, you know, the fucking walls. If he stood up and you, you took an oath or, or anything like that, and you ended up outside the the walls or outside the wire, like that, that stuff is just infinitely important.
1: And so even even for someone like you, because you know, and we should refresh your background for people who don't know because. I think people would say for the knicker of being the door kicker in the world, it's extremely important. You weren't necessarily a
0: door kicker. No, I was I absolutely was not a door kicker. So let's yeah.
1: get into your background and then also why it was important for like the specific specific job you had to do. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So uh so especially when I um especially when I was overseas in Japan and I was not working in a uniform, um, or I was not under auspice or anything like that. So so with that there, I, and I said it before, I I spent a protracted amount of time not even speaking to people in my navel, native language. You know, I'd go weeks, uh, months at a time sometimes without ever speaking to a native English speaker. And that's a pretty isolated place to be, um, you know, and, and when I can throw on uh, fucking Mark Slaughter or, or, or Kiss or... Uh, Fucking Easy E or whatever it is that I'm listening. to. I, mean, <laughs> I love you know, how versatile. Yeah, it is. versatile. You know, I mean, shit. I, I don't listen to country music ever. But like when I'm when I'm overseas, sometimes like I, I just sometimes I wake up wanting to hear like fucking John Denver or something like that. And you if know? you can
1: go into though, like I said, like what it is that you do because a lot yeah, of this audience yeah, yeah. knows
0: some of yeah. this audience. So so I did a lot of I did a lot of private uh, private side stuff. So I got involved in like private investigations and like uh, totally fucking unofficial undercover work. Um, I mean, I think words like infiltration are uh, technically the correct word for that, but um, that also holds like an official word or official definition as like an infiltrator or something like that. So I wasn't anything like that. You know, I wasn't like sabotaging bridges or anything like that. But um, I was just—I was an information collector. Um, you know, I wasn't collecting on foreign governments or anything like that. Um, and, uh, so I, I guess you could just, you could sum it all up to private investigations, undercover private investigations overseas. Uh, I ended up working, uh, against, um, human trafficking. Um, I wouldn't say I worked directly against stuff like drug and gun smuggling, but I absolutely had my finger on the pulse. I wrote a, I wrote a soft rep article about gun control in Japan and how it's not even a thing. I mean, everybody will tell you that it's a thing, but it's not, um, at that time, I wasn't even really that savvy on being able to access the, the seedier underbelly of the country. But I could have gotten just about any level of, of small arm I needed in a matter of hours. Um, and it's gotten better since then. Um, so, uh, I mean, my background, of course, I guess it was in military intelligence, and uh, I was initially in the Army and um
1: and a lot of this audience has read your articles yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah. possibly
0: you, and if you haven't please check out my writings
1: and please so. join become a team room member yeah, yeah. i but i mean you talk about everything from the yakuza to yeah. what we're talking about right now yeah but,
0: yeah i mean you know uh, uh I, I think i cover the gap a lot i've also mentioned you know academically i'm a social scientist uh, i worked in intelligence and, and human intelligence stuff like that so I'm, I'm really just i'm kind of a people person um I guess. And so when you're alone like that, I guess back to the music thing, you know, when you're alone like that and you're, you're kind of inherently, uh, there to just kind of be with people or mess with people, it gets, I don't want to say it gets lonely. I mean, obviously it's lonely cause you're fucking alone, but you know, you're pretty isolated. And, uh, so when I could watch, uh, like old TV shows on YouTube or, or, uh, track down like fucking VHS tapes. Yeah. It's Japan. They still use VHS tapes. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, but you know, just being able to listen to music and now music is just so portable. Uh, you know, the last time I was there, I did not have a smartphone. Smartphones were not a big thing in Japan. Uh, I still had a slide phone cause that was pretty much it. And, uh, but you know, you, you could take gigabytes of music with you. And, uh, you know, I go for runs a lot and I'd have a, an earbud in, uh, with music or riding on the train or driving in my car, whatever. I mean, I'm, I was always listening to music because it, it gave me some kind of uh, I guess slightly more stable grounding or some shit like that. I mean, um,
1: I think it might also be for guys when they're stationed overseas. You have to have those things that remind you of home, and yeah, yeah, totally, and make you feel like you're, you know you're not so alone out yeah. here. I mean, especially yeah, yeah. for you, you're a guy who for many years lived lived in Japan, as yeah. you've talked about. I'm sure at some point earlier on, it must have been pretty lonely, and it must have been like I want to get back to. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself missing shit like Waffle House, which again is like when I'm in America, I don't give a shit about it. But <laughs> you, you start missing things. Uh, they're just weird things um, that you that you end up missing. And it's easier for me to carry 10,000 songs on an iPod or whatever other preferred digital media device sure. that you want to use. You know, it's easier for me to carry around 10,000 songs than it is to carry around all my books or all my movies or people, uh, you know, shit like that. So so being able to uh, being able to have that music is, is is an important thing. I mean also like I was born in the 70s, you know, I was raised on shit like Kiss and Van Halen and and, and Rush and and you know Def Leppard and shit like The Slaughter and Vinnie Vincent Invasion shit like that, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: BMX bike in 1986, you know, I had a fucking Walkman strapped to my belt uh because we didn't have small music devices back then. And uh so music's always been there. You know, I mean just earlier on I was playing that bass in that dude's office. Like it's just it's a it's a thing that I like to do. I'm not versed in music, I can't read music, I'm just a dabbler. Uh but I have a shitload of CDs and like gigabytes of music on my hard drive. And so um, yeah, you know, I think music is a is a really important I know it's important to me. I just assume based upon the people I know that it's uh, that's also uh, important for others. And, and I realize that not a lot of people in my that I know in life, you know, professionally or personally, at least, uh, you know, on, unless it was on purpose, like they were a hermit or something. Um, a lot of people haven't spent the amount of time alone that I have or, or, you know, I'm around people. Like I said, I'm around people, but they're not they're not somebody I can't reference uh, the fucking Cosby show. Um, and they, I, they wouldn't understand what I was talking about, or I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, you know, give some cultural joke or anything like that. So, so although there's communication there, it says there's a serious disconnect, uh, you know, culturally, and and that's where the isolation came in. Um, and uh, I'm glad we're keeping this to music and not porn. <laughs> but
1: S- Soft Rep Radio, uh, we're in studio with the Odyssean. I'm Ian Scotto. For those just tuning in, I made a. Um, big announcement earlier on in the show for those who listen to the podcast regularly that we're going to be going back to doing two shows a week that you'll get immediately after they're done on Apple podcasts. So, um, it's no longer the, the pay model, but we still of course have team room membership, which you could pay for and help all of our writers be supported in what they do. Um, there were many reasons we had decided to do this, one of which is that we wanted the larger audience to be able to hear breaking news when it happens because there's been times I've said this isn't really a breaking news show, but when there's a shooting in Vegas, for example, I want to get an operator on to give their immediate reaction to it, and I don't want you know people who aren't members to have to wait another week for that. Uh, with that, the Odyssean, of course, is from the intel community, and I'm wondering, as a writer for the site... Now, did yeah. you
0: say what your current title is? I did. I think I said I was the managing current editor. Managing yeah, editor. current, current I, I, managing editor. I always editor. worry about what I can say and yeah. can't say. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think I'm gonna if I'm gonna get a business card, it would say "fucking mischief manager" because with the Lucha Libre mask the on the, the business fucking, card. yeah, I need a uh, Isaiah Burkhart's like Eagles on my shirt that he had the other night. But absolutely, yeah, I yeah. like that. <laughs> um, so, with with what we're talking about, have you ever thought of putting
1: out uh, an article on Soft that's like? soundtrack of the operator and some of your favorite songs and what they meant to you while you were overseas and what mood. you Yeah. Had to be in. I mean,
0: you know, the last one I did, I think it was 10 tracks. I can't remember exactly. I remember it's a hell of a lot more than 10 tracks. So I can't remember how many I cut out, but that one would, that ended up being a hell of a lot darker than I expected it to be, which made me reflect a little bit on like 10 years of work. But, um, uh, I honestly, man, I think it would be cool. Just it, it, like if I were you, if I if I ran this show, that would be a that would be one of the first questions I would ask anybody, any any fucking ops guy, like uh, you know, any of the dudes that have a pile of books over there in the corner. First question out of off the gates, aside from like, can I get you a coffee? Would be, um, what's the most important song in your life? You know, like what what's a song that that gets you through shit? You know, is it "Wind Beneath My Wings" or uh, you know, uh, "Love Gun"? You know, and I think there's a lot of the, everybody's got that. I mean, I remember when I was in basic training for the army, which was back in the 90s, um I heard one fucking song the entire time I was in basic training. Cuz basic training for the army in the 90s where you're still getting fucking shit kicked every 10 seconds and it was uh it was a fucking Goo Goo Dolls song, which I didn't really like Goo Goo Dolls at the at the time. I was kind of a metalhead at the time still, but Man. uh but it was just it was uh, profound as way too extreme of a word. It was a really important thing for me to have heard that piece of music because I'd gone like 6 weeks without hearing any music at all. Yeah. And 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 that was a, that was a that was an important experience for me to hear that song. Like I said even though it, I didn't really dig the song itself, it was just like Which one you know? was it, Iris?
1: To see me Cause i don't-
0: Yeah, it was Iris. Okay, yeah, we are talking like '98. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was Iris, and um, I mean, you know, that's like this this emotional song anyway. You know, if you're into that stuff, it's an emotional song anyway. But uh, that that uh, that was just a weird fucking experience for me because, like I said, I didn't really like the song, didn't really like Goo Goo Dolls or anything at the time, and uh, um, so that was that was a very reflective moment for me uh, for about 15 seconds before I started getting yelled at again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because it was a it was an mp truck that drove by and uh um so yeah i mean uh i I think it would be cool i think it would be interesting you could probably populate an entire book may not be exactly an interesting book it would be for me of just uh uh you know famous guys i mean we have a whole team of fucking celebrity vets that we have access to and just uh being able to to find out what they're if a song was influential. Guarantee you that that every last one of those motherfuckers has got a song that was influential to them. It doesn't even have to be in a military context. It could just be in life. You know, I went through some tough shit. I ended up listening to this song a lot because it just, it vibed with me or the lyrics uh, were really... uh you know, articulate what I was going through at the time or whatever it is. Um,
1: it's it's really cool, too, how there's a community of uh, musicians who give back, who love the veteran community. Mm-hmm. You know, with Jason Rowland studio recently, guitarist from Breaking Benjamin has a strong uh, military history within his family, and I think he appreciates when guys say, like, hey, this helped me out when I was overseas. Um, the reason the Mark Slaughter... Uh, relationship happened with the podcast was yeah. that he did a song called never given up that he wanted to use to give back to vets yeah. um, and donate the proceeds. So I, you know, hooked him up with Brandon, gave that money to the red circle foundation. Um, and there's, there's just a, definitely that community there. Uh, another great story was unfortunately when we heard about the death of Chester Bennington, yeah. Yeah. I immediately thought of uh, when I was in Vegas with Drew Dwyer and he was like, I got to see Lincoln park yeah. backstage. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Lincoln park fan. And, you know all the great things that were said about chester bennington uh one thing that i didn't see pointed out much but we pointed out was that that him and the band gave back to the veteran community they invited um drew and his wife and other marines backstage and i think they appreciated when they heard hey this is something that i was listening to when i was in iraq when i was in afghanistan and and you know living life as an operator
0: yeah i mean well fuck i remember uh Reading some of Leo Jenkins stuff uh, a few years back, and and he mentioned that he mentioned you know coming off uh, coming off an op and going straight to the gym and you know doing CrossFit or whatever, and he had referenced the music that there was always a certain type of music playing in the gym, um, and even even if that didn't click exactly directly in his brain with what song it was or whatever, he recognized that an important part of that environment at that moment in time was that there was music on uh and and i think that um yeah i just think it's it's really infinitely important if if i go back and revisit you know the 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 stretch of decade that i was in asia if i did not have an mp3 player <laughs> or youtube um you know to access that stuff like shit would be really different i mean that that entire uh that entire the reflection of that decade would 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 come at me with completely different light. There, there wouldn't be any possible way it'd be the same. Um, and you know, the article I wrote referencing that shit, even though it turned out to be dark. I mean, there was some dark shit in that ten years. So, um, but but without that shit to, to be able to either uh, lyrically articulate what it was I was thinking and feeling, or going through, or whatever. Uh, but but even musically, just this, the vibe and the frequency of that shit. It just because uh, one of them was a, a Meshuggah song. Uh, super heavy yeah absolutely It was like the heaviest fucking song ever really and uh that song the the, lyrically it really just reflected um it it reflected some shit that that i was doing you know and and i even have to let out that
1: rage in a healthy way yeah but
0: see that's the thing that i even mentioned in the article it's not even rage it was just perfect like this fucking weird zen like calm because i knew what i was going out to do like the decision making process was already done there wasn't any of this like angst um you know, it's uh, in the uh, in the meeting we had, we had a a speaker come in and tell us a bunch of stuff about uh planning and 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 visualization and, and stuff Basham, like that. Yeah, yeah, was awesome. Yeah, and Olympic his book is right metal. there, man. Yeah, yeah,
1: Olympic uh, gold medal shooter. Yeah, shooter. Awesome, inspiring story. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and you know, so so he said uh, one of the things he said was that uh you know you're doing the right thing. You know you're doing what the universe or God or whoever wants you to do, when everything is working for you, everything you don't have any obstacles past that point and so uh if i had fucking mashuga if i had that song playing uh in my earbud or on my stereo or phone or whatever um everything every, i was it's like uh, mario kart like i had hit the little fucking arrow like i was going where i was going and there were no obstacles and i was mentally absolutely uh in acceptance with what was about to occur et cetera, et etc cetera. and i you know i i articulate that in the article but uh and And so that 's a heavy ass song but but to me, the feeling like my pulse wasn 't up it was just this this ultimate thing this is what 's going to happen uh, and and um so so I know that even like the the, the overt emotion of the song uh, doesn 't necessarily convey what 's happening in me because of that frequency right because of that vibe. that song meant something to me because of a circumstance, and yeah. those circumstances reflected inside me differently. But if you just heard me driving down the street listening to that song, you would think, like, that guy's going to murder a a school bus of, like, nuns and kittens, (laughs) right? I mean, like, because it's it's a very, very, very tense, (laughs) angsty song, you know? If you've ever heard it, it's fucking insane. I mean, it really is, which is what Meshuggah means in uh, fucking Hebrew. It's fucking fucking nuts, fucking insane. And, um, yeah, there are other songs on there that aren't like that, that aren't quite as... uh, to or, or, or up-tempo. Yeah, and
1: so, so. so it's one of those interesting things, too, because I think guys in bands who do respect the military, I've met a lot of guys in bands, and I think they sometimes have the attitude of, like, oh, what we do is not important as opposed to these guys who go out there and protect our freedom. But it's almost like that relationship where if it wasn't for you making this art that guys protecting our freedom could enjoy they might have a lot harder of a time out there. And, you know, you hear about the 22 uh, veterans a day committing suicide. Yeah. If it really is that number, I know that there's some, yeah. um, there's some confusion with that number. But either way, it's too many. Um, and that number may be higher if it wasn't for people who could have music yeah. as an outlet. Um, yeah. So there, I think there's actually an, a relationship between the two that musicians should appreciate that, the reason they're able to go out there and tour and make the music they do is that there's guys out there protecting America yeah. and those guys out there protecting America a lot of the times are enjoying your music. So it's cool when you see a band give back and, and say like, Hey, uh, if you're former military, you have a discount on concert tickets or, you know, we're going to bring some former military backstage to meet the band. Like, I think that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that, that musicians, at least in American culture, maybe like five eyes culture. Um, I think that that musicians like that uh, have a a really intense symbiosis with people who are serving the country. I I don't really know how to explain that correctly, but uh, I mean, you look at somebody like uh, there are several bands out there that that play music that uh is played in every gym and i even reference that in my article like five finger death punch, five finger and death punch it's a, yeah, a perfect example i mean those guys are the shit that that you would be if you wrote a movie if you you had a movie script you made a movie about uh half the shit that anybody that, that works for this site and writes for this site did you it, five finger death punch would be the damn soundtrack like all their shit would be would be the soundtrack and um uh i think that we as citizens see those guys. They're buff. They're tatted up. Their shit is aggressive. They're edgy. Everything about them uh, sort of screams this like alpha male um, thing. And 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 military people, military guys, military dudes, and and females, males and females. It, it's the same kind of thing. You didn't. You generally didn't join uh, any sort of operational field in the military because you want to hang the fuck back and be passive and be be a beta or bravo on everything and, and just not be the fucking dude. You, you did it because you want to achieve, you want to affect change. And, uh, and there's, so there's an aggressiveness to that. There's an edge to that. It doesn't have to be violent. Uh, it just has to be aggressive. You're taking action on things. And, uh, and I mean, that fucking music is like that. You think about how, uh, I mean, we were talking about Motley Crue earlier. So, um, you know, Motley Crue are these like bad boys, you know, they, they, uh, yeah, they, they didn't serve their country in the way we did or whatever it is, but they're, they're these bad boys and they seemed very aggressive. And then, uh, you know, Brandon was telling us a story about how his his dad came home with a fucking record and was like, look at this new chick band. <laughs> and Brandon's like, that's Smiley crew, man. And, uh, so, I mean, you look at that shit, you look at those pictures from the eighties now in, in 2017 and, and it's like, wow, that's silly. That's yeah. Risque shit, you know, but, uh, um, but at the same time that the music was aggressive, the subject matter was aggressive, um. So uh, I think th- there's an interesting dynamic there, but yeah,
1: yeah I agree. And, and so, like Five Finger Death Punch did a song called um, I think it's, uh, it's wrong. The the chorus is "Wrong Side of Heaven, Righteous Side of Hell." So mm-hmm. I think it's called "Wrong Side of Heaven," but it was about you know guys who come back who have post traumatic stress. Yeah. And then uh, recently, uh, Tonto was in the video for uh, All That Remains.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Madness. This is my life. Same type of thing, and it's cool to see that there are bands uh, that are getting played places like SiriusXM yeah. that have a ton of YouTube views, saying, "Hey, there's big issues that we need to be concerned about." So, as much as there's there's like social justice warrior bands out there, I think it's cool that there's kind of some pushback against that, saying, "Hey, we should do songs for veterans for a reason." And I know that they're really passionate about this. You know, Phil Labonte, from All That Remains, former Marine himself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this is a very real issue to him. And he, and he wants to make songs for guys overseas yeah. to go out there and in a non-politically correct way, could say kill bad guys too. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the things about extreme music, rap, metal, whatever, is you, you could say shit that the system didn't want you to say. I mean, fuck being a metal kid in the 80s. That's what it was all about. I mean, yeah, but don't get me wrong. You had like Judas Priest. It was just this like stud leather band. Also, you look back and it's like, yeah, it's... <laughs> kind of fucked up, but, but like, you know, I mean, they're singing shit like painkiller, you know, and, and, uh, uh, Megadeth is the same way. It's all this shit, you know, and it's, it's all this aggressive stuff. Everybody was pointing out all these fucked up issues with politics and, and society in 1985, uh, but it was a bunch of long haired dudes with fucking bullet belts. So no one was paying any attention. Uh, and now you have a uh, huge subslices in American society or Western society. They're doing the same fucking thing. They're saying the same fucking shit that these metal bands were saying 20 years ago. Uh, only they're they're coming at it from a different angle, saying the same shit. Uh, they're coming at it from a different angle. So, um, you know, I think music. Well, fuck. I mean, I think growing up with those bands in the '80s, um, you know, not just Def Leppard, they didn't really engage political issues. But but you know, shit like Megadeth, uh, fucking Anthrax did this. All, all those big bands did this. They covered. There were social issues and there were political issues that they covered in in a significant amount of their songs, their music and uh and that that gave me as a as a fucking like young teenager that started to make me look at stuff that started to make me fucking peace cells man peace cells by megadeth that entire video uh i mean he's not saying the world is shitty or not shitty he's stating a fact if if everybody wanted peace you know there'd be peace it's exactly what we, we brought up john lennon earlier not a fan of the beatles not a fan of john lennon uh, imagine I think misses the mark, everybody loves it. Whatever I think P Cells said exactly what Imagine was trying to say the correct way.
1: being yeah. fucking
0: pissed off that nobody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like you got all the shit going on. Right. And so it's really weird because it's like, Hey, I got P cells playing in my ear in the fucking, uh, you know, eighties. And then, uh, and then I go join the military, you know? And, um, uh, so, so the, 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 way we process that shit or whatever, that kind of music gave me the ability or not even gave me it. It helped me develop an awareness for that shit and go out and start to get that information information for myself.
1: I was going to say the even crazier Megadeth, uh, lyric that you could talk about of you joining the military after being a fan is of course on rust and peace uh military intelligence two words combined that can't make sense sense.
0: yeah i mean you you know you get into that and 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 um uh I, i mean it's just anytime you're dealing with extreme music like like that your or extreme extreme lifestyles, maybe um, because you know I, I've been a reasonably selfless dude my whole life. I, I think that anybody that really knows me would tell you that, which is why I'm wearing this mask right now, right? right of course. But, um, so I mean, uh, and and I I wanted the world to be a better place. I wanted to uh, to facilitate a change. And you know, while I was in uniform, I, I wouldn't say that I ever really got a chance to do that. It doesn't bother me. Uh, it is what it is. But the the shit that I did after that was me grabbing. Uh, A a negative situation on earth by the nutsack (laughs) and and absolutely ripping that fucker off. Like I affected immense amounts of positive change in bad situations in the places uh, that that I was working in. Um, I mean, I don't go home every night and like pat myself on the back about it. It is what it is. You know, uh, I got put in a certain situation because of the skill sets and tools of the trade I had in my bag. I managed to be able, you know, I managed to exploit those situations for positive effect, which ultimately is the only thing any of us really wanted to do. You know, we wanted to manifest positive fucking change in a world that we felt something was wrong in. Whether you joined after September 11, 2001 because you wanted to go fight terrorism or whether you joined in fucking the late 90s like I did just because you you had some plan of shit you wanted to do in life. Uh, the, the the fundamental is that we wanted to affect positive change in the world, and like I I, I got some of those fucking tools from listening to heavy metal in the eighties. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's it's cool. It's something I would like to see explored more, but I don't think anybody's going to pay to make that happen. You know? we <laughs> so fucking Dave Mustaine in here, I'm happy to have a conversation. Oh, I would love to. Yeah.
1: Um, so the Odyssean live with us on Soft Rep Radio on the live stream. If you're checking this out, if you like the Lucha Libre mask, please give us a like share the video. It means a lot to us. We want to keep expanding uh, the base of people that are listening. Uh, and we're also just doing new things. I mean, as this new year approaches, we're going to be doing two shows a week now for everyone that you'll get immediately. Um, I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited to be um, speaking to a bigger audience again and uh, you know, giving what you guys demand of us. So, looking at some of the uh, questions and comments here, you know, we're not forgetting about you guys, of course. Uh, Grant Shearer, as a music teacher, people forget that kids need to learn that music doesn't create itself. It's always the first subject to go in schools, but it is the only subject that encompasses all of them. Uh, A lot of kids use it as their avenue to vent and find creativity as their outlet, uh, gives them the release that they might find elsewhere in a more negative way. I think very true on that.
0: Yeah, because like I said earlier, it, it it articulates shit, especially when you're a teenager. Man, you don't have the you don't have the vocabulary, you don't have the words to be able to put the shit going on inside you into words. And then you listen to a song, and it's like, wow, that fucking guy just said what I've been trying to say but haven't been able to. You know. So yeah, I completely grant. I completely agree with both of those things. Although, I'll be honest, I, I really was a slacker in music class in school. Uh, not because I didn't think it was important. I just never got around to, to being serious about it. Maybe it's because I was at Catholic school. And I see,
1: I of course, Derek's comment, Jay's <laughs> comment. Yep.
0: yep uh, I
1: don't know if there's anything else to say about those. Nah. Um. But moving on to another subject here, and this goes more into uh, what we do as a website, but yep. we wanted to talk some music you're a guy who has had a ton of experience living in Japan yeah. and you have a great story. And I mean, great might not be the right word, but an interesting story, at least involving Fukushima and, uh, you're during your time there. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, so this actually plays into some of the stuff that we talked about at the meeting because, uh, we, uh, they're going to be launching a, a, a new crate and, um, this is a relevant story for that because we, we all had conversations about this, you know, about go bags and, and bug out bags and that kind of shit. So, uh, so I was in Japan, uh, in March of 2011, March, uh, 11th, of 2011, when the big, the great Tohoku earthquake happened in Japan that, you know, that it sent the tsunami in that killed a bunch of people, cracked the reactor and the Fukushima reactor, all that shit. So, uh, the entire country screeched to an absolute halt. Um, you know, uh, cell service went down uh, for damn near everybody. I know mine did, and I was on the other side of the country. So I wasn't I wasn't actually in a place where I was uh, in, in any physical danger. But at that time, you have no idea what the physical danger is because there's no commo. You just know that some crazy shit has happened. Um, I've mentioned before in some of my articles, you get this, like, amber alert on your phone when there's... Uh, uh, when there's an earthquake, and your, your cell, lo- your location is pinged by the cell, so it knows where you are, and it pings you relevant to that, right, so, um, so at the time, I had a buddy that was visiting, um, and, uh, when he got to the country, he was going to stay with me for, like, 90 days, because that was the extent of a tourist visa, and, uh, he was going to kick around, I was going to show him some shit, known this guy for years, and, uh, so when he got there, um, I picked him up at the train station, and um, uh, I already had a go bag ready for him. Popped the trunk, threw his bag in there, said, all right, listen to me. Uh, this is your go bag. It's got some shit in it. Open the bag up. Here's the shit that's in it. Uh, if you don't know how to use any of this stuff, we'll go over it. Um, this is your, this is, I call it a bug out bag, actually. This is your bug out bag. If anything happens, I need you to get this bag. Get on the bike that is waiting at my apartment and get your ass to this place. Pulled out a topo map of the area. I'm a map bitch. I've got all kinds of maps all the time. Pulled out this map, showed him on the map where our first, we call that a rally point, where our first rally point is, um, where we were going to meet. We're split. If we're at the same place at the same time, we get in the car or we move out on bikes together, whatever it is. But uh, So I drove him to that place. I said, here's our first rally point. You grab that bag and you bring your ass on the bike to this point. You wait six hours. If I'm not at this location in six hours, here is our second place to meet. Why did you do this in the first place? What, uh, Dude, Japan is a precarious place, man. I mean, But that, was that this, time, this was when Fukushima happened? No, oh, no, this was before. Because That's he what I'm there. wondering. Why were he you, was there when it happened. Why were you
1: on edge about
0: it? It's not that I was on edge about it. I think if you, if you had lived there any amount of time, the earthquakes are not an irregular thing. Sure. Um, You know, there was no spastic reaction to shit that was going on in North Korea at the time, but you never know. Um, There was no, uh, there certainly hadn't been any tsunami that had done anything to anybody in quite a while, you know, but you never know. Um, There's, uh, Japan just fundamentally is, is kind of naturally a precarious place because it's the fucking largest country on the ring of fire. So the entire, if you have elevation that is over about 500 feet, that fucking thing is Slightly volcanic, I mean, the entire place um, and and politically it's precarious uh, now, way, way more so now than it was when I lived there, but uh so it was just to make sure um, so uh, so i mean i wouldn 't like on edge about it it 's just like this was the first guy that was going to come stay with me and and you know for ninety days, so fuck it here 's your brief <laughs> you know, I had a bug out bag, I had a plan that I would execute, I had other people that I was going to pick up and get out of town because. All of Japan, you'll see all of Japan, anything that's urbanized is sitting on a flat space, uh, which is one of the reasons why that tsunami could go so far inland, because it's just ocean, flat shit, and then 90-degree angle mountains. So, uh, so I walked this guy through the shed. I said, here's your bug out bag. Here's, uh, here's Rally Point 1. Here's Rally Point 2. And rally Point 2 was on top of a mountain, uh, not a big mountain, pretty short mountain. You can get up in about 30 minutes if you hauled ass. And, uh, but at that mountain, you had a, a panoramic view of the entire plain all the way out to the fucking ocean. You were mm-hmm. high enough that a tsunami wasn't going to mess with you. You were, you were far enough in the woods at this point that if you had to fucking, uh, you know, uh, red dawn that shit because North Korea attacked, you way the fuck outside everybody's radar. Plus, uh, we had a couple, of, I had two Motorola uh, walkie talkies that I had taken to the country. Um, and uh, one of them was, his, was in his bug out bag. The other was in mine. And uh, they're really good. But you got to have line of sight. And if he's on a mountaintop, you know, two miles away from me, three miles away from me, we can talk. Uh, if he's behind a mountain, we can't do that. So, uh, so you know, I explain all this bullshit to him. And, of course, this is uh, it's probably February 2011. And, um, I mean, he looks at me like I got fucking lobsters coming out of my ears. Man. It looks, like you, yeah, it looks like, like, you
1: like you have a Lucha Libre yeah, mask Yeah, like on. I have a
0: fucking Lucha Libre mask on my face. So, he, you know, I've known this guy for years, man. Like, we went to junior high together. We, we, he's we, like, we went, take off the mask. Yeah, dude. we went all the way back. And, uh, um, and he literally, man, he looked at me and he said, who are you? Like who are you right now? Said I'm Captain America. Captain fucking America. There's a mask (laughs) underneath the mask. It's it's onion layers, and um. But so so that is relevant because you know a couple of weeks later, Fukushima. Yeah. Yeah, I had enough. I had enough network ability to send him one text that said, "Get your fucking bag and go," and I couldn't make the first rally point, so I made the second. Nothing happened. Nothing going on. Uh, You know, my part of the country was fine. We had some residual radiation, nothing major. I mean, like, shit fell off shelves during the earthquake and crap like that. No big deal. And uh, I got there. And for the first time in that fucking guy's life, he realized how infinitely important it was that I pulled his ass out of a train station when he first got in country and explained to him what he needed to do in the event of an emergency. Was it an airtight plan? No. No uh if, if uh, not everything
1: is though. yeah not Most everything is aren't. but
0: but enough enough of the arc was covered that he had an increased chance of surviving that situation um you know and and obviously the, the the bigger plan was much larger than that but i didn't have to share that with him at the time you know i had plans for summer versus winter because that mountaintop would have been covered with snow uh and, and all that shit so uh so you know that 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 gets into a lot of this preparedness. Now, like I, I don't have a room full of fucking MREs or like cases of fucking ammo at my place. Uh, I have a. I'm all about mobility. So whether I'm in Japan or whether I'm I'm back in Europe or whatever it is now, I have one bag that I will grab, and that bag will increase my chances of of a variety of different uh, survival issues. Will increase my chances of survival given a variety of issues, um, and. Uh, after that moment, you know, after that earthquake happened, and he had to get his bag and get on the bike and, and, and fucking haul ass to RP one and then RP two, he um, he he understood how important that was. It, ultimately, it was irrelevant, but then he he understood how it was. So, so you know, I think that, that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to get this uh, this go bag or this this uh, this crate or, or whatever it is that's got this shit in it. But like, you know, the moment when the moment anything fucking goes sideways, if you're not prepared for it, y- you're done.
1: Yeah, and shameless plug, greatclub.us. Greatclub.us. Which I'm also wondering, um, you have to meet Jack Murphy tonight, correct? Uh, Yes. What time, or do we have a hard Uh, out? No,
0: we don't have a hard time. All right,
1: right. so we can get into a few more things here. Uh, Jeremy B. on YouTube asks, uh, Odyssean, would you share your thoughts on nationalism and militarism in current politics in Japan? Got to love soft rep. Ask the expert in the luchador mask for the informed opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I think those are good questions. Um, I've written a couple of things about that. I mean, like last year I wrote an article about the um, the probability of the current emperor retiring in order to make way for an emperor that would be more conducive to a, a militarized Japan. First of all, nationalized or ultra-nationalized Japanese people are always around, always around. They drive around in these black buses broadcasting shit. It's kind of weird, but um, uh, I, um, I don't have a problem with anybody being nationalistic. I don't have a, a problem with anybody supporting, uh, you know I guess, the superiority of their, of their country, as long as they're not fucking assholes about it. Yeah. Uh, And hurting other people or innocent people. I don't I don't I obviously don't agree with that. I'm in the military. So or was in the military. So um, the uh, so, yeah, I I wrote last year about the emperor retiring uh, and it was a theory at the time. And it's a fact now the emperor of Japan is retiring. He's going to retire. I think they've set the official date for uh, his birthday, which is December 23rd. uh, And then to herald in the new year, they will uh, they'll bring in his son um, to be the new emperor. I don't have any visibility right now on whether uh, that new emperor, because the emperor doesn't hold any political authority in the country. Uh, part of the uh, part of the surrender agreement um, that was finalized in the fifties, uh, part of that surrender agreement is that the Japanese would would uh, finally admit that their emperor was not divine in any way. Okay, well, so that was an administrative change because everyone still views their fucking emperor as being bigger and better than normal people. The, the emperor or, or anybody in the imperial family, um, they are not involved in the execution of political agendas. That's what, it's not what they're there for. That's why there was a shogun. The shogun ran the country. The emperor was just there to sort of represent it. So the, the current emperor, the emperor that's sitting there now is the son of Hirohito, who was the emperor during World War II. right? So this cat who's sitting in there now, um, he does not want to have anything at all to do with anything violent. Uh, Japan is is almost utterly pacified right now So um, I've been writing the entire time I've been on SOFREP That Japan is going to get more militarized They have to, there's absolutely no choice Whether they want it or not, it's going to happen So I I think nationalism itself in Japan is probably not changing Because the vast majority of the street folk in Japan Don't want war They don't want violence, they don't want to fuck with the stresses Of being involved in kinetic activity against another national body um that ain't stopping the government from becoming more militarized so i guess what i could say is that the the national uh sentiment of the people is a mutually exclusive event to the militarization of the government itself uh the people being for it or against it really has nothing at all to do with the government doing it or not doing it um so the reason they're they're going to pull this new emperor, I mean, the, the current emperor wants to retire, that's cool, but uh, uh, they're going to pull this new guy in, and this new guy is just going to not hiccup anything. And you're not going to tarnish his reputation because the current emperor uh, has spent his entire life on the throne being uh, peaceful, pacifist. Japan has never engaged in any kinetic activity, really um since he's been on the throne period well now he can step out the door and and fish or or whatever the hell it is he's going to do as a retired emperor uh and then his kid can sort out whether he wants to be responsible for militarized japan or not um so the militarization is going to happen it's been happening for the last uh i hit the country the first time in 2004 and it's it's militarized significantly since then Uh, i've written a lot of shit about uh how uh, units were training was implemented on units that could not even legally exist in Japan. So they they gave them different nomenclature and shit like that. And then once the shit was legal, those teams just went live because they already had all the training, all the resources, and everything allotted. They just weren't legally allowed to do that. So then once the legalization occurred, they just they popped those guys into action and hit the hit the flip the switch, and the unit was just magically there. So. Uh, um, I don't, I don't think a militarized Japan is a bad thing for the United States or for, for Western uh, policies in Asia, uh, as long as we responsibly engage Japan as, um, you know, one of the most powerful economies in the world, one of the most powerful militaries in the world. They weren't even allowed to have a military for years and years and years, and it was one of the most powerful militaries in the world. They've got second, I think they're the second per capita spending for defense. And they weren't even allowed to have military.
1: Wow. Yeah. A- any questions you guys have, shoot them over. We're here for you to uh, to answer anything, especially specifically on Japan, uh, is the Odysseans' wheelhouse, who is with us for the next few minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I-, I actually do have a question, though, myself mm-hmm. regarding what you're talking about. W- what do you say to people? Because I've had this conversation with Jack Murphy who say, Um, We have too much of a military presence around the globe. We're not the world police. Why do we even have a presence in Japan? World War Two was decades ago. What's the reason for it? And what do you say to people that, you know, just think it's we're we're spreading troops too thin, and we should only be focused on these countries like North Korea or Iran, that that people perceive as a threat to us?
0: Uh, I mean, I agree with that. I think we are spread too thin. I I, I would also agree that we kind of make ourselves a world police and get involved in shit that we can't even logistically or, or, or economically feasibly engage. That's just piss poor planning. That 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 doesn't have anything to do with the, the reality of America stepping up and trying to help people that are getting shit on. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, the reason we have people in fucking Japan, Guam, and Hawaii is because of North Korea. Uh, the, the fucking moment the kettle goes off in North Korea, and I've said it on your radio show, I've said it in my articles, the fucking moment the kettle goes off in North Korea, the Korean twins are going to be non-entities in any fucking decision-making process. Uh, the people we have there are going to be more concerned about getting their asses rescued than fucking around with North Korea. That's why we have people in Japan. That's why we have people in Okinawa. That's why we have people in Hawaii. Cause those guys aren't going to get fucked up the moment the balloon goes up. Um, you know, uh, I think, uh, so if you say, why do we have people in Japan, uh, you know, world war two's over, I would, I would think, why do we have people in South Korea? I mean, I realize we're still at war with North Korea, but the only fucking reason we're in South Korea is because North Korea is in North Korea. And guess what's going to happen when we leave South Korea, North Korea is still going to be fucking North Korea. It isn't like we're going to leave and then they're going to be like, well, you know what? We're going to recruit a million new people to, to, you know, that way we can just overrun South. This shit's not going to happen. That's not the way that shit works. Um, I mean, in my opinion, and, and I'm obviously not a Korean expert. There are people in the system that know a shitload more about that shit than I do. Uh, but Japan really is the linchpin to anything and everything we're ever going to do uh, in Northeast Asia. And to a greater extent, East and even Southeast Asia. Um, I think we're spread thin. I agree with uh, whoever says that. I mean, Jack or whoever, I agree with that. We're spread too thin. But again, No, it's was, not Jack. Oh, oh, I'm just okay, saying yeah. in general, you in hear. In general, that yeah, that yeah. Pe- pe- people say that shit all the time, and, and I agree with you. We are spread too thin, but but it, again, that's just piss poor planning. It's like, well, we have all our eggs in this basket. We don't have any eggs to put in this basket over here. Um, I've also heard yeah. Jack
1: say cuz Jack is really not on that end of the spectrum. Yeah. He's he's said before um and we've had Green Berets on the program say before that if you don't have a military base in all of these places around the globe that we do, who do you think is going to, is China going to open a military base? Like we have to keep that global U S presence.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. You have to have a presence. Um, but I mean, yeah, cause you can see what the fuck is happening in Africa right now. I mean, we don't, we don't have like a strong military presence in Africa and fucking China's crawling all over the place now, you know, uh, Derek and, and, and Jay on the site, they, they write about that shit, um, extensively. And, uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think we got to have a, a base or a post or or anything in, in a location like that. You have to have a military presence. Um, I mean, you think about Japan. I mean, what have we got, like, six fucking military bases on Okinawa? That shit's, like, the size of fucking Long Island, hmm. and there's six military bases on it. Like, we, everything we have on, on mainland Japan or in the home islands of Japan, we folded all that shit back to Okinawa, and some of the Okinawan shit went to Guam. Um, so, I mean... We don't have to have a military presence in Japan. Or l- let me rephrase that. Our military presence in Japan has nothing to fucking do with Japan. Like, our military presence in Japan is because Japan is literally the, 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 the biggest, friendliest ally we have in Northeast Asia. The only fucking reason Korea wants us there is because, guess what they get to use when they get hit? Us. Yeah. Right? So, yeah.
1: Keep the questions coming. Uh, first of which is Chris Beale.
0: <laughs> I was about to answer that. Yeah, Yeah. if
1: Rocket Boy does another flyover, does Japan, sorry, declare they are now officially on defense and lean forward?
0: Uh, Japan is already consistently on defense. Um, They're only going to lean forward in as much as, um, I guess, we let them lean forward. So I I wrote an article, uh, Sec F. Mattis' first uh, visit as the Secretary of Defense was to South Korea and Japan. And, um, uh, you know, he spent a couple days in South Korea— and uh, and then spent a whole shitload of time in Japan, and you know, right after SecDef left Japan, uh, the Prime Minister of Japan and President Trump had a long conversation with each other on the phone. Uh, so I think Japan knows exactly what its left and right limits are in terms of its own defense. Um, I've also, I, mean, I could be wrong about any of this shit. I just don't think I am. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think very I confident. am. You know I'm, I'm, I'm very, if if I get proven wrong, that's cool. I'm not going to stand. I'm not married to the fucking idea that Japan is going to be able to defend itself. I just believe that they will. Um, so uh, if, uh, I don't think North Korea is going to nuke anybody over there. And if they do nuke anybody, it's going to be South Korea. Uh, I don't think, you know, they're not going to nuke, uh, they're not going to nuke Japan. Um, uh I don't think. I don't think they're going to nuke anybody, to be honest with you. And if they did, I don't think it's going to be a launch. I've said it before. They're going to deliver a dirty bomb in a fucking backpack to uh, the SeaTac area uh, because they can do that. You know. So I mean, what's the end game then for them? I have no idea. all these yeah. threats uh, and, and uh, the heated rhetoric just, between uh, our
1: president and... Yeah, and, it's
0: just... Uh, I think all that shit is just... Uh, it's, it's, they're just doing a magic trick. Hey, look at, look at my hand over here. I have all this flashy bullshit uh, going on over in this hand. And meanwhile, they're digging around in their back pocket for a fucking rabbit. Um, but what does that mean in, in real terms? In real terms, it means we're paying attention to these to these missile attacks and these nuke tests and shit like that, and we're not paying attention to the right thing. But in what in is the? right I have no idea. Thing. Well, I mean, I have no idea exactly what the right thing is because I'm not I'm not working that um, I'm not working that region exactly like that. You know, I don't have access to sensitive information or, or proprietary stuff uh, involving North Korea, but. I mean, man, it could be anything. Uh, the, China could have gone to North Korea and said, hey, we need you to start blowing shit up again for a little while while we do all the shit that they've been doing this whole time in, in the South China Sea that no one's paying attention to now because everyone's concerned about North Korea fucking destroying the world with nuclear weapons. Um, uh, you know, another thing they could do is, uh, we, we know that North Korea's got all these fucking tunnels that, that go back and forth between North Korea and South Korea, and they know that that's a major part of their attack effort and. And South Korea, they know that they can park all their bullshit in these tunnels. And while everybody's pummeling the fuck out of each other with artillery and missile attacks all across, uh, you know, North Korea and South Korea, all the shit that's underground is going to be fine. And then once the South Koreans have been beat to fucking shit by all of the arty and missile attacks, all those fucking tanks, all those sniper brigades, all that bullshit are going to pop out of those caves and they're going to be fine. So in order to do the, uh, the, the 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 digging and the architecture in those tunnels... It requires uh, seismic activity, basically. Um, And and I could be talking to my ass here, so if any of the listeners uh, are aware of how you dig fucking tunnels and whether this is a relevant comment, please, please, please write in, call in, mail in, whatever, and let me know that it's bullshit. But, so these guys dig these tunnels, and while they're digging these tunnels, there's seismic activity. Well, no one's paying attention to seismic activity that has anything to do with anything but nuclear fucking tests right now. So if I'm digging a tunnel that requires seismic fucking activity, what do I want to do? If I don't want you to know I'm digging that tunnel, I need to create a reason to have seismic activity that's different than the reason that there's seismic activity. Tracking, right? So I'm digging a tunnel, there's seismic activity. I've got to blow some shit up in this tunnel in order to make some more room. Meanwhile, uh, at another uh, test site somewhere else in the country... Their seismic activity, but everybody's focused in on this nuclear shit because for some reason everybody's focused in on this nuclear shit. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't focus in on it, but the whole fucking like media apparatus and intelligence apparatus involved in this shit openly is focused in on this crap you know I mean we got we got cyber attacks happening every day uh, that 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 are far more detrimental to u s national security and, and and national policy objectives overseas. Uh, far more d- detrimental to that, and yet we're focused in on this fucking guy in North Korea that literally cannot launch a missile far enough to fuck anything up, other than South Korea or a place in Japan. Yeah. And, and yeah, but this the news media
1: happen. almost presents it like they do have the technology to to nuke
0: America. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I maybe they do. I don't think they do. It would be easier and cheaper than to dirty bomb a, a fucking West Coast city. Uh, than it would be for them to launch uh, a missile. Yeah, uh, they, North Korea is broke as fuck, and every time they do a nuke test or launch a fucking missile, um, they're blowing money they don't have. Right, every time they do that, they are blowing money they don't fucking have. Unless somebody's just giving them money, which brings in a whole other question. You know, of how they getting all this tech, and 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 who's giving them? The, somebody's giving them the tech, and somebody's giving them all this shit. And uh, so so then now we get into a transnational issue with which which covers completely like exponentially higher grade um, analysis and access to information. But uh, personally, and I, I said it on a show, I think uh, Drew Dwyer, Drew Dwyer was on the show also and Brandon came in. Uh, i had called in. Uh, I, I I think all this fucking new test shit is just a farce. I think that, that people are looking at the wrong hand and uh, there's shit going on. Could be China fucking around in the South China Sea. Could be North Korea making these tunnels. Um, you know, I mentioned before on that exact podcast the the, the missing North Korean submarines. You know, ever you know, it's been more than once in the last ten years North Korea has lost a submarine, and it's just this fucking joke. We all laugh about it. Ha ha ha! North Korea lost a sub. Well, we don't know where the fucking sub is either. So, in my opinion, we shouldn't be laughing. We should be finding that fucking sub. Because just because they said they lost it, we laugh. Oh, these guys are so archaic about their Navy and their sub-technology. It's still a diesel engine and blah, blah, blah. And then where the fuck is the sub? Yeah. Like, that's the first question, and that's the first objective, and it never happens. They just laugh about the sub being gone, and then that's it. I'm Um, just wondering, when you call into the radio show, is the mask on? No, because I'm usually in a fucking Target parking lot somewhere, and nobody knows that I'm me. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I just, guess
0: sometimes I wear it, you know, just.
1: I, I got to wonder. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if you guys have any more questions. If you don't, I will tell you guys it's been a long few days, um, but a very productive few days. And I'm really happy with the direction that the podcast is going. Uh, I know that you're very excited for the direction the website oh, is yeah. going. yeah. yeah. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at SoftRepRadio. I'm going to let you guys know that as a reminder for all of you who are listening or watching on Facebook Live, on YouTube, for a limited time, you can receive a 50% membership to TV, our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. Drew Wallace is doing a kick ass job, as I know you know. Uh, SoftRep TV's premiere show training cell follows former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to SoftRep TV at SoftRepTV.us. And take advantage of a limited time offer of 50% off your membership, only $4.99 a month. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out the Soft Rep Crate Club, you're definitely going to want to do that ASAP. It's a subscription to get a box of badass tactical and survival gear delivered to your door every month. Here's the kicker. All of the gear is handpicked and tested by former special ops guys, so you know you're getting quality gear that's going to work when you need it to. Crates we've set in the past have included gear like custom knives, multi-tools, fire starters, EDC med kits, and other kick-ass stuff, survival belts, which I love. Um, You don't just get great gear with your subscription. You're also supporting a veteran-owned and run company. Plus, our Crate Club subscribers are invited to our annual club party, we had that this year in Vegas. We'll have it early next year in Vegas. Yep, yep. I know you'll be there. Sure will. Maybe in Luchador Mask. Uh, to subscribe and start getting your gear, visit crateclub.us. We also have gift options available. That's crateclub.us. Um, I think I got to play Donald, who's become a fixture on the show. Um, I was told ten dollars for Ian if he can remove yep, the mask. Yep, I'm yep, not even yep. coming close. To that this I'll man, give him.
0: I'll give him eleven dollars to not do it. Well, where, well, where are you at now, Adam? Well, we're talking about a
1: black belt in judo that's in front of me. <laughs> I am not. I have no martial arts expertise, and we're talking about a like real legit Japanese judo black belt, correct? Like trained in Japan.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did the whole. I, I had never done judo before. I was in Japan, and then while I was there, I uh one of the one of the guys I knew was a, he had been on the Japanese Olympic judo team, and he invited me to his dojo or whatever. And so, yeah. I so mean, that's why yeah. I'm not taking off the there you go. There you go. Uh, hey, I would like to address Daniel Will's question, though. Do I believe the Japanese government will use increased tensions uh, with North Korea as an excuse for increased militarization? Um, absolutely. But they don't have to use North Korea as an excuse. They're, they don't have to use anything for an excuse. They've had increased militariz- militarization. For about the last fifteen years, and it's just going to continue to go up. I mean, um, they just bought like fucking billions of dollars worth of ships and gave a bunch of their old ships to the Philippines. Wrote an article about that because Japan is, is executing its own cold war in Southeast Asia right now against China. Um, but uh, they don't—they don't have to have an excuse, man. That's not the culture. It is like you—you you get into uh, to you know neo Confucian culture and shit like that, and they just—they don't have to have an excuse, man. I mean, fuck when uh, when they officially altered Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution, there were people catching themselves on fucking fire outside of Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's house uh, in protest of that alteration. Article 9 is what disallows them from having a military, and they they altered that with the United States' blessing, and so they're allowed to have a military right now. And uh, when that shit happened, I mean, there were people burning themselves in the fucking streets, like the fucking Rage Against the Machine album. And... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't slow anybody down. Like, they don't give a fu- I mean, it's not... <coughs> It's not that they don't give a fuck, but like public opinion like that has absolutely no place in 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 the military decision making process of that country. Uh, And and I think the vast the people that burn themselves in the street knew that, Uh, and they that's why they burn themselves because uh, you know they don't they don't want to be a part of a country that is uh, going to militarize and militarization. Uh, and their brain equates directly to violence, which is not the case at all because the Japanese have forgotten fucking 2,000 years of their warrior history, but that's not my problem. Uh, I see that
1: uh, Stephen liked the gear in the last box. I did too. thought it was awesome. Um, We're wrapping things up, and then we're probably going to do a quick video on Instagram and call it a day. But I think we have time for one more question here. I see a good one on Facebook. I'm going to check the YouTube as well um yeah let's go with this last facebook question from giovanni uh Zurita. will we see a significant japanese expeditionary cap- capability within the next five <laughs> years or is it still too early to tell
0: no i mean you, you can already see an expeditionary capability they have people they have troops deployed to south sudan right now and that was the first armed that was the first armed japanese deployment since fucking world war ii so that was huge <laughs> nobody really covered it in the media but whatever um the uh so that's expeditionary uh what you're probably going to see if i were to take a guess is uh their defense capability in their direct region the the water around japan um that shit is going to beef itself up everything else that will be global will be very expeditionary very modular super small footprint um that that allows them to move quickly uh but it also limits their body count in the event that shit goes wrong so yeah so yeah you're definitely going to see that it's not even a question um but, I mean, good question, but it's not even a question in my mind, yeah. Well said. Um, I think that about wraps it up. Head over to Instagram.
1: Uh, Instagram on Soft Rep Radio. We're going to be doing some stuff before we get out of here. Uh, Brittany, Christian's uh, wife, asks, Who is this man of mystery? I think you'll have to listen back. Only the shadow knows. Uh, anything else before we call it a show? I mean, we got to do this again real soon, for sure. Yeah, i I've really enjoyed man. it.
0: Well, hopefully I can be here in, in New York in the studio more often now Full that mash. I have such a
1: fancy pants uh, position in the company. So. Should we change the disguise every show? Because I saw some people yeah. saying that... Um, uh, so Drew Dwyer came in here with the CIA disguises, with the wig, with the mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It'd be yeah. pretty funny if every time you're here, it's a different disguise. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, we can do that. If we get more stuff... Um, Maybe like a Burt Reynolds mask would be all right, too. Burt Reynolds, hell yeah. <laughs> all right, man. I think that
1: about uh, sums it up. We really appreciate you guys checking it out. And uh, we're going to call it a show. Um, keep spreading the word. Uh, Soft Rep Radio on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they're now being called, leave us a review. We want to get those rankings up, especially since we're doing more shows for you. And, uh, that's it, man.
0: Yeah. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to me ramble about heavy metal. <laughs> See ya. You've been listening to Soft Web Radio, a part of Hurricane Group. The difficult, done immediately. The impossible by appointment only. Shows are recorded at our studio in
1: Chelsea, New York City. Special thanks to our producer and co-host, Ian Scotto. Follow the show on Twitter at SoftRepRadio.